San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. And if you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us uh, as this show broadcasts on uh, airs on Saturday night on any of your devices. Uh, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a philanthropist. He's a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. All around good guy Richard Musio. Good evening. How are you? Doing great, Joe. It's good to be here. <laughs> hey, I got a call today. One of our good friends, Bill Walton. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, there's I believe there's going to be a statue erected somewhere in San Diego. Actually, I think they're going to move it around until they uh, until they find a permanent home for it. But that is, that's going to be a tall statue. It sure is. If it's on a like six pe- eleven. If it's on a pedestal, it might be twenty feet. Who knows? <laughs> it might be like a Lincoln Memorial for God's sake. But. He's a he's a really great guy, and I hope that works out well. So, did you get to his book signings? I sure did. They were good. It, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Back from the dead, just yep. an amazing story, amazing life, and uh, great to know that he, probably the greatest athlete born and raised in San Diego. I would say he and Ted Williams are the two, right? Yeah, Ted. Well, I I think Mo Connolly, the great women's tennis player. Yeah, but I mean, talk and talk of uh, you know professional notable. I mean, well, she was the number one player. In, I know, but women's tennis before the was, accident wasn't that big at the time, and uh, you know. Well, so, we any, can debate that. In any, <laughs> in any case, uh, any other anything exciting or interesting before we get to our VIP guest tonight? No, you know, just recovering from the Boston Marathon. My wife Mary's doing great. No, no permanent dings or damages or injuries. <laughs> Out running again. Now she wants to do the New York City Marathon in November. Oh, oh God! Okay. Just can't stop her. Okay. Well, uh, I did a little sweating this week, and I'll tell you why that's important because. Um, our guest tonight, boy, she's, she's uh, known as a wellness warrior for 75 years. Uh, the, the, our guest tonight is probably one of the, I, I guess you would classify her as a renaissance woman. Uh, married at the age of 17, moved from New York to Tahiti, uh, ultimately married uh, a prominent author and philosopher, uh, Edmund Zeke. So I'm kind of giving it away, but she's the, the founder of you know, the whole health spa, health movement, and of course, many decades ahead of her time. Uh, but our guest tonight is uh, the well, the well beloved uh, and the well known uh, Deborah Zake. Deborah, welcome to our show. Thank you, but I'm not the founder. I'm the co-founder. All right, the co-founder. <laughs> Come on, Joe, get it straight. <laughs> but take us back to the beginning, Deborah, because a lot of a lot of people know about you know your whole history and origin. And, and I guess your mother was a nurse, and that kind of prompted a lot of things. But gosh, you guys picked up and left. New York and went to you know an island for God's sake and and uh, not many people were doing have, that. Have you been there, Joe? It's not just any island. Well, Tahiti. Well, back in the nineteen whatever what what year? In the early thirties. Yeah. Okay. Not much there then, but no, but, it was a reputation of paradise. Absolutely. So tell us about your childhood, uh, born and raised, and maybe you know how this whole okay. thing transpired. Take us back to the beginning. Okay. I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. A Jewish family. Okay. Uh, moderately wealthy, not rich, rich, but my brother and I both had nannies, mm-hmm. and we had a couple, you know. But your dad was from, house. your dad was from Hungary, though, wasn't he? Or no, uh, my father was from Poland, Poland from Warsaw, okay. and okay. my mom was from the Ukraine. Okay. 
and uh, they were both immigrants. And what year did they come here? And it, early, early 1900s. Okay, all right. And um, Dad did well. He was in what's called the women's cloak and suit business. Mm-hmm. He was a partner. Mm-hmm. And shortly before the great stock market crash, he sold out to retire, and he lost just, you know, he lost his money, mm. like so many others did. But mm-hmm. my mother was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had come to America because women were free. Mm-hmm. Uh, she became an RN, mm-hmm. and uh, she was vice president of the New York Vegetarian Society. Mm. So we had a little bit of a different background. We ate just about everything raw. Mm-hmm. And during the Depression, the only fruit available was bananas. Mm. And um, my dad... My brother and I both say the same story, so it's probably accurate. Um, Mom came home. My dad was depressed and, Mm -hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, sitting around, and Mom was worried. And one day she came home at dinner and announced, we are leaving in 16 days. (laughs) And my dad said, leaving? Really? Where to? (laughs) It's news to me. (laughs) And she said, we're going to Tahiti. (laughs) Now, how did your mother ever discover Tahiti? And Dad said, where's that? (laughs) And Mom said, "Uh, I don't really know, but here are the tickets. (laughs) So so they had to be boat tickets. Yes, of course. Of course. Wait, boat tickets to San Francisco and then boat tickets to Tahiti. Yeah, I was going to say, you had to get to the West Coast first. Exactly, through the Panama Canal. This was in the early 30s. Oh, my gosh. Anyhow, we uh, eventually we got to Tahiti, mm-hmm. and we stayed there for five years. Isn't that something? So my question is, how does anybody ever leave Tahiti? Well, I was a school <laughs> child, and in those days you did whatever the parents said, okay. and you never questioned it. But actually, I was ready to leave. I had read almost all the books on the island, and I was running out of reading material. <laughs> so how old were you when you uh, landed on Tahiti yourself? You must have been I, a young girl. I was just about eight, and we left just soon before I was 13. Hmm. So your mother was a real uh, an adventurer ahead of the curve. Uh, obviously, oh, she, that, yeah. that took a lot of guts to just pick up and you know we're moving to an island. Uh, somewhere. Well, not too many um, women came to America just because women were free. Yeah, and so my mom was an individual, and all her life uh, she led us in different adventures, and it was pretty. And I grew up in. Sort of interesting times. Well, I'll tell you. And then, of course, you cross paths with Edmund Zake, and uh, we met in Tahiti. Actually, uh-huh. he was my mother. We had a favorite swimming hole mm-hmm. on the river, and no one knew it was there. It was, and we even sort of had a little sort of big box that we kept things in and everything. And one day, Mom came home and said, "Somebody's coming to our swimming pool, and he's building a house." <laughs> and that happened to turn out to be Edmund Seike. Wow. And so she became friends with him. And um, when we were ready to leave, uh, to go back to San Francisco and to school after five years, um, she said, well, if you come to the States, come and visit us. We'll be in San Francisco. And he did. And then he said, a few don't have anything better to do this summer. I'm doing a summer school because he was a teacher mm-hmm. and lecturer in Elsinore, California. Mm. 
And uh, that summer we went to Elsinore, California. Mm-hmm. And then we went back and I went back to school. And then he said, um, I'm going to be uh, at Christmas time in Guadalajara in Mexico. And we'd never been in Mexico. And so Christmas time, we had nothing better to do. My dad, my brother, and I arrived in Guadalajara. Hmm. And that's where my sort of grown-up life began, began. Well, on the early side. Now, and and of and um, have you been to Mexico before? I guess not, huh? No, that, that was, was your all, first time. No, actually, I had been once before, but this was the sort of first time that I ended up living there. Yeah. Now I'm looking at a map of Tahiti. It's like how many? It looks like it's about as far out as Hawaii. But yeah, it it's looks, a number of different islands. But it looks it looks no, like, it's one island. Well, I mean, it's but one it's island. Part of Polynesia. Part of Polynesia. For, but but there's look, islands that surround it. It, 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 it yeah. looks like it's a few thousand miles south of Hawaii. Is that about right? It looks like maybe you know, it's quite a ways. Yeah, I'm looking. It's a little dot on the map. But I, they're Polynesians, and their language that has some similarities, yeah. but different. D- didn't Marlon Brando own an island or somewhere? He owned there? a little island near there. Yeah. The, the other famous island near there is Morea. Yeah. Which is right across. Yeah. Well, what, and, a, what and, a, boy, that took guts back in that in those days, though, just to get on a boat. Joe, it takes forever just to get there now by air. <laughs> well, it took 10 days by I was going to say, yeah, it had to be a week. And they week had a boat once a month that serviced the islands that brought uh, goods to the different islands, you know, fabrics and butter from New Zealand and cheese from Holland and... Phenomenal. All those civilized things. Phenomenal. So like I said, well, we'll talk more about the lecturing that Edmund did in his writings, and we'll come back with the co-founder of Rancho La Puerta, Deborah Zeke, right after these words. Hang on. <laughs> All right, we're back with co-founder of Rancho La Puerta, Deborah Zeke, with some Gilgan's Island music. I guess that we attribute to that that brave, courageous trip your family took back then. So that was really something. So then, so now uh, you've been to Guadalajara with Edmund, and he's putting on, I guess, uh, summer sem- schools. Uh, pardon me. It's, it's summer. summer school. Summer school. Okay. Yeah, every summer you do a school. And then obviously you you got involved with him. Ultimately married. You were married at age seventeen, right? And um, when did you discover Tecate? Um, we had an interesting adventure. After I had worked for him for. I have to go back a moment. I graduated from high school at 16. When we got to Guadalajara, his secretary was leaving, and he is a person who always had a secretary, wasn't mm. capable of buying a train ticket, <laughs> you know, anything complicated. And he liked that. He couldn't drive, and he couldn't type, and he uh-huh. couldn't do this, and he couldn't do that. Saves because, a lot of time. Well, he was a writer <laughs> and a think. philosopher right. and studied and, you know, and spoke many languages and was a very erudite man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty wonderful person. Mm-hmm. In any case, um, when we got to Guadalajara, his secretary was leaving. His dad had di- the secretary's father, quite an important Englishman, had died, and they sent for him mm-hmm. know, to return home. And... Um, they had a secretary come, and this secretary was a tall Hungarian called Bela. We were there at the mm-hmm. time. And he got back on the same train he got off. It had a three-hour stop in Guadalajara on his way to Mexico City. So <laughs> and he looked around, and it was dirty and poor at that time. And um, so we had to leave, and Mom didn't want to leave the poor professor alone and with no one to take care of him. 
And since I was graduated from high school at 16 and she wasn't anxious for me to start college at 17, she said, well, you know, it'd be very good for, you know, what they now call a gap year. Mm-hmm. In those years, I don't know what it was called, but anyhow. <laughs> it, so I went uh, to work for him. I stayed that year and um, had my own little apartment, a little stipend, and it was interesting, and I was being very grown up. And on the plane, train, we didn't have planes running around those days, mm-hmm. and on the train coming back, going to the States where I would have returned to school, mm-hmm. um, he proposed, and I thought he was the most wonderful man in the world, and we were married. How about that? Married in Mexico or here in the U.S.? Actually in the U.S. Okay. My family lived in Mill Valley. Sure. Anyhow, um, and the plan was I was going, he was, my husband was head of the British International Health and Education Society and had been on a leave of absence for a year, Mm -hmm. sabbatical. And when we were married, we were going to England and I was going to go to college, and he was going to take on his job. And um, there was a war. Mm. And we couldn't get a boat going to England from New York because they were all being sunk. Mm. And we booked two different ones, and they were both sunk. And um, so, so the- we were in living in Hollywood. My husband was teaching. This is the late 30s, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, very late 30s mm-hmm. because this was 1940 actually that this happened. Mm-hmm. In 1940, we were trying to get to England and we got a letter from the United States Immigration and Naturalization saying if my husband was found in the United States June 1st, 1940, he would be deported as a deserter from the Romanian army. <laughs> oh, jeez. And that came about, there were only two... Jews in his graduating class from university. I mean, it was that rare for a Jew to be able to graduate from the university. And this is in Poland? No, actually, uh, this was actually at Romania because Hungary, that part of Hungary where he was born had been taken over by Romania and one Mm. of these war things. Mm -hmm. So in any case, um, you know, when you get a letter like that... Uh, that gets your attention. It certainly does. We had had a few letters from the Romanian embassy ordering him to report to his regiment. What happens in Romania and all of Central Europe, the reason they had big armies is that every university student, when they're in college, spent two weeks for two summers marching. Mm. That's what was the that was the extent of the military training. Mm. But then they could say, We have an army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and so but my husband was in the reserves and he was a deserter. He did not go back when he was called to fight for Hitler. Mm-hmm. Had he returned to Romania, he would have gone straight to a concentration camp or yeah. Auschwitz or something. Right. So but the United States didn't really the, the Jewish question was not something they faced. Mm-hmm. And it was perfectly all right for them to send a young Jewish man back to his death. Mm. In any case, um, it said if we were found in the United States June 1st, 1940, he would be arrested and sent back to his country as a deserter. Mm. And 
we didn't have a lot of money because my husband's job was in England, and England could said not send any money out of the country. It was at war. Hmm. And uh, we went to Mexico. Hmm. We had to leave or be arrested. Yeah, I mean, there was no choice. Because immigration would have come and rounded you up, I guess, right? Well, they I, said, and they, you know, yeah. they arrested as, as it is. So and you they, headed for the border. Good. And so from <laughs> Hollywood, it wasn't very far. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we packed everything in an old car, a 1928 Cadillac that had been given to us as a wedding present. It How was very... That? plush and it had crystal vases and it was oh cut God. glass. It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we uh, packed everything in the car and put built a box on the back and we arrived in Tecati and we rented a small little adobe house and the land around it, it had no measurements. It wasn't saying two feet and twenty, you know, there's mm-hmm. no distances. Uh-huh. And we started a health camp, seventeen fifty a week. Bring your own tent. Seventeen dollars and fifty cents, right? A week, B- <laughs> food, everything. But you had to bring your own tent. Yeah, BYOT, bring your own tent. Yes. Right. But well, people saw- came. Yeah. And my husband had a very successful summer school that first summer. People mm-hmm. there were 27 people with tents. And he would lecture on what? Health, on wellness, on no, philosophy? Well, philosophy and religions, comparative religions, right. and uh, anthropology and philosophy. He was. Cosmic had, things. Yeah, mm-hmm. all these different subjects. Mm-hmm. And the Essenes, mm-hmm. who were a Jewish sect. Mm-hmm. And um, they came and had. Uh, uh, they swam in the river and they climbed the mountain and because we were health nuts and they did all these things. Um, if I hadn't been a health nut, we wouldn't have gone to Tahiti. But what was particularly interesting to me when I look back on that, everything we've done was meant to be. Because had he married an or, you know, just a sort of regular person, mm-hmm. It wouldn't have worked because in Tahiti, I had already cooked on wood stoves. Mm-hmm. I already had used a kerosene lamp for five years. I had already carried water from a clean, the water on where we lived was from the ocean was uh, saline. So we had to go and get it from the other side of the road where, you know, further away from the ocean. So I had already done all those things. So coming to the ranch where there was absolutely nothing, just this one little house and some shrubs, and this was some, this was just for the moment. Mm-hmm. But that moment lasted for five years. <laughs> well, it's not, you and know. when the war ended, mm-hmm. we were there. It was home. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Well, I saw the video. If you go on YouTube, folks, and just look up Rancho La Puerta, you'll see some of the history there, the, the very humble origins, but the, the, the philosophy and the, the love and the tranquility, and I think that's what attracts a lot of people. It's such an oasis. Uh, but was it known as that back then, or did that name come later? The, the name Rancho La Puerta was there. There were two wonderful trees okay. that formed an archway. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and now it's called Rancho the Door. And I don't know if the trees no, are still... No, still Rancho La Puerta is the name. Yeah. But I mean the English translation. Yeah. So some people want to build walls. Others want to build doors and ha- okay. have you discover them and go through them. But we'll be right back with the co-founder of Rancho La Puerta, Deborah Zeke, talking more about all these great things after this. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, we are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and now this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors, but before that, I know the entire lyrics to that song that we went out with, Green Acres. However, I will spare our listeners my rendition. Anyway, big thank you to our sponsors, UBS, Michael Carancha, and Drew Friedis. Couldn't do it without them. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet, Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger CPA, an absolutely amazing CFO service. Also, our more traditional CPAs with tax and accounting work. Plato Epic CPAs in San Marcos, California. Our great friend Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. Brenda also has a great continuing education symposium, speaking about education. June 1, up at the Museum of Making Music, an absolute the wonderful venue. Also, Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott with California Republic Bank, a bank specializing in working with wealthy families and family offices, San Diego branch and UTC. Mr. Neil Staley with Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. Also, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. A good friend who I saw in Boston, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the head of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and he heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. Our great mortgage broker, Nathan Watkins. Nathan, of course, with Worldwide Credit. He's our latest sponsor. Interest rates are still low. It's a great chance to buy or refi. And if all of this is making you hungry or thirsty, Joe... What else can you do? Well, folks can get over to one of the uh, Lestat's Coffee House locations, open 24-7, 365. They're in University Heights, Normal Heights, and a new one opening up on University. And then also the Berry Good Food Foundation, founded by Michelle chicarelli Lirac. Uh, they're another great sponsor. They've got their seventh annual dinner coming up in June, and I believe we will be broadcasting from there again. And, um, and Richard, you're supposed to ask me. I'm supposed to ask you how. Our work. listeners can find out more about our amazing group of sponsors. That's right. They just get over to our website, iymoney.com, go across the top of the page there's a sponsor tab there, and uh, there's a drop-down menu. You can click on and any one or all of them. Their biographical information, contact information is there. And I know they've been working with Richard for many, many years with great success. In some cases, almost 30 years. <laughs> But who's counting? So I'm not. I mean, Rancho La Prada's only been around 75. Yeah, that, that, that's a drop in the bucket years, compared so. to how long Rancho La Prada's been around. But uh, guys, so much to talk about. We're welcoming back Deborah Zake, co-founder of Rancho La Prada. Thank you so much for hosting us down there on uh, Monday, by the way. It was just a wonderful excursion, and it, it just is a magical place. I was there in 1990. Your friend uh, and um, the late Sheba Penner uh, asked me to help out. Well, I called her one day. She goes, what? I go, what are you doing? She goes, I'm going down to Rancho La Prada. I've got a program, and it's their 50th anniversary. And I said, really? What's going on? I mean, do you have any entertainment for, like, the last night? She goes, well, we're not really thought about that yet. I go, how about if I get the son of Harpo Marx, Bill Marx, to come down to perform with Carol McLaughlin on harp, and he'll do piano, and they had this wonderful piano and harp show. And she comes out dressed like Harpo Marx at one point, and it's just a very uh, entertaining night. And uh, she said, sure, why not? So we did that. And we talked about that with Bill Marks, I think, when we had mm-hmm. him on. And, and that was just amazing. And, and guess who sat, sits next to me at this event? I mean, this was they had the VIPs from 50 years there. I mean, you had my, all these brain. It was the mind-body health uh, thought leaders, right, Deborah? Yeah. Myron Borisenko, all these PhDs. But who who sat next to you? Well, uh, Steve Allen. Oh, Steve Allen. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm sitting there having, I, I, I'm talking to the person on my right, and I, you know, the chair, and everyone's very informal, and it's just a very peaceful, tranquil environment. And I hear a voice go, Is anyone sitting in this chair? I go, No, you just, I didn't even look. I go, Yeah, you can have any, yeah, I just waved you. I turn around, he's got a stack, he's got a, doc, a, a, a stack of eight and a half by 11 papers. He was, he was editing a manuscript. And it was uh, it was Steve Allen, and I said, "What do you?" I go, "Why'd you want to sit here, Steve?" Because well, I wanted to see Bill, you know, work the piano keys, and you're right up close here to the piano. So, and I took a picture of that piano on uh, on Monday, and I sent it to Bill. Actually, I talked to him this week, and uh, he he remembers it very well. So, spectacular night, and and we then you had a thing at the Old Globe after that, uh, right? Uh, I think you had a panel at the Old Globe talking about the whole 50 years and and some of the uh, the breakthroughs and discoveries, but. It's a really magical place. I love on your website, RanchoLaPuerta.com, you have got a quote by Joseph Campbell, one of my favorite people, who uh, Bill Moyers did a big show on. He's been to the ranch, right? And He's been at the ranch dozens of times. Yeah, He's I mean, that's the thing we got to talk about, Richard. The VIPs have been to this place. I mean, it's unbelievable. We're going to drop some names? Yeah, Oprah Winfrey, Burt Lancaster, one of the, you said he lived there, right, uh, Deborah? Well, he practically, when he wasn't shooting a film, he just liked being at the ranch because he really did like outdoors and everything, and Hollywood he found stressful. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? <laughs> he was in one of my all-time favorite movies, Local Hero, Burt really? Lancaster. Great he, movie, Local Hero. He was quite the... I remember he was one where uh, he was doing all this gymnastic stuff flying well, That's what, And we built bars and... Um, trapezes at the, the ranch just was, for him it was called Dar his name was dardo in the film i forget the name of the film but he was doing this thing where you you leave. well he 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 was a gymnast he, yeah so he and a he, trapeze artist so he and trained, we built we built everything for him at the ranch that is unbelievable yeah that was um so but, but I mean, you've had Oprah. you know if he says you know if i have this i will come and stay a lot and he did and he was wonderful because all the ladies he would be willing to have pictures with them. Of course. And so, you know, our guests come by the week, Saturday to Saturday. So he was very busy on Friday. Well, once you start having an arm around yeah. 100, 120 <laughs> women. That's good work if you can get it. <laughs> he was so patient with it. I just... Yeah, I said, oh, you know. But then, you know, once you get a few notables, then the, the rest start coming. And, yeah. uh, because oh, we had a lot of people. Yeah, came. Bill mean, Holden was a regular, yeah. too. But, me and but today we have a lot of regulars, too. And yeah. But the main thing is that, um, you know, two-thirds of our guests are returnees. Mm -hmm. And not just returnees, 5, 10, 15, 20 times. Mm -hmm. They come every year. Mm. And it becomes a way of life. Yeah, they build it right into their into their schedule, right into their calendar. And so their, it their really is. It, you know, it feels so good to feel good. It does. You know, to know when you wake up in the morning and you're excited and feel challenged, and you think, "What am I going to do today?" Well, I wasn't so excited about coming to do this show, but otherwise, <laughs> I'm very excited in the morning. Well, Richard, you know, you just got to put up with us, okay? <laughs> you know, if you're, you're if you're a parent or a professional, you know. <laughs> You've got very little time for yourself, and I guess you finally discover, hey, this is my time. This is for me. I've got to rejuvenate and get to get my program together here for myself. Well, it and, expands your life. Yeah. Because you, we've been doing it for so many years that we really do it well. Yeah. But on top of it, the ranch has an aura. Mm. 75 years of happy, happy guests. You know, we have 150 people always full, which is lovely. And uh, the returnees, uh, I speak at the ranch every Tuesday, mm -hmm. and 
we always ask how many are here for the first time, and it's always just a sprinkling. Yeah. So it makes it wonderful, but it's also challenging. It means I have to study more and read more and have more knowledge because they've heard me so many times, it keeps me on my toes. Yeah, you got to get some new material. Well, you know, the thing, I, and, and I'm not much into the paranormal or, or anything like that, but uh, when I was there in 1990, I, I, and I see, you see that mountain, there is something mystical about this place. I can't describe it, and uh, I don't know what it is, but you just feel happier when you're there <laughs> walking around, and I, don't, I can't figure it out, and I can't quantify well, it. Well, let me tell you about the mountain for a minute. Okay. Uh, it is listed in the Bureau of Land Management in the Department of the Interior of the United States as the first mountain sacred to the American Indians. Mm. And it is what they call a vortex mountain. It has a an energy soul. There's, a, there's books on different mm. mountains all around uh, are a chain around the earth. So this goes back to the Kumaya Indians, yes. right? And it's Mount Kuchima, right? Kuchima. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's, it is just very special. And yeah. since our guests go walking every morning on the mountain at 5.15, mm-hmm. they meet and uh, it's one... They may not do the all the exercise classes, and there, you know, there's 30, 40 of them every day. Yeah. But they may not do all the classes. The one thing they all do is the morning mountain. Mm. And there are three different walks, so different people's ability. Mm-hmm. And it really sets you in a magical mood. Yeah. It does reset your reset your whole system. I don't and I you, and I don't know why. Maybe you explain it more in your classes or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it's something else. But RanchoLaPorta.com, folks. And um, actually, we have to take our little break though right now. And we're going to come right back with the co-founder of Rancho Laporta, Deborah Zake, right after these words. Hang on. We are back with Deborah Zake, co-founder of Rancho La Puerta, and also uh, co-founder of The Golden Door, which Richard wanted to talk about, but uh, we're trying to get a little smarter here, so we thought we'd play a little Get Smart, which Richard likes that song anyway, right, Richard? Well, Chief, I do. (laughs) I love this quote by Joseph Campbell on the website, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls, and uh, Donald Trump needs to read that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he's got too many doors. So does Ted Cruz. He needs to build a wall around his head, I think. But anyway, we'll see where it all shakes out. Yeah, but, he wants to build a wall around the country. I want to build a wall around Donald Trump. Yeah. But anyway. But he wants Mexico to pay for the wall. Exactly. Yeah, which uh, that's I, I can't see that happening. But give us some of the statistics, the data about the, the ranch, uh, uh, Deborah. I mean, it's 3,000 acres, 400 employees, right? I mean, it's... Uh, they're not just employees. They're staff, staff. and special training programs. They were all... Each one is wonderful. Yeah. That's the other thing I noticed when down there. You're, you're the, the folks there... I mean, a lot of them even live there. They love it so much. And uh, boy, they treat you like, a, you know, like the milk. Your guest, everyone is a special guest. Yeah. But, but Deborah, you also started a, an iconic business in North County. I know you don't own it anymore, known as the Golden Door. Can you talk about that I'm a little very, bit? I'm very, very proud of the Golden Door. Um, my husband said I should have a place in the United States. Uh, we were having children, and he was worried that if something happened to him, I wouldn't be able to manage Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico has been so wonderful to us. We've never had any problems, but he was, you know, being cautious mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we started in a motel in Escondido, right on the highway. It used to be called 395. Mm-hmm. 
at two fifty a week, two hundred and fifty dollars a week. <laughs> but we were so timely because Hollywood didn't have trainers, Hollywood didn't have diets, Hollywood didn't have massage, they didn't know any of those things. Mm-hmm. And there were we just down the road. And we had almost every single major movie actress. Very few did not come <laughs> to the Golden Door. So you, you make a list of all the top actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, Ava Gabor? Oh, yes. Many, many, many Kim times. Kim Novak? Many, many, many okay. times. Kim was there at the ranch, actually, at the Golden Door quite okay. recently. Hey, Jane, okay. F- Jane Fonda still shows up. I mean, yes, and Jane's been around uh, two years ago. Golden Door was founded what year or approximately? Uh, 1958. 58, okay. Mm-hmm. The year I was born. <laughs> the reason is this year my son was born. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a great year. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you, you uh, sold that in, in 98, and, and, and yes. of course, they're focusing. And they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. The present owners are wonderful, and they give the profits away to uh, children uh, programs. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Well, now the ranch has been named one of the top ten organic uh, spas in the world. It is the top. The top. I mean, everything. That's yeah, it's the top of the list of the top ten, Joe. That yeah. means it's number one. Yeah, when we went to lunch. This is a financial show, Joe. You ought to be able to figure that out. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we went to lunch on Monday, I mean, everything on your plate. I said, I, I turned to Courtney and said, you know, everything on our plate here, you could see it's it's made with TLC and grown on on site. Um, this this watermelon uh, beverage we had made with real watermelon. Like, oh my god, I never had anything like that. So, Joe, is this why you're in such a good mood this week for a change? Because <laughs> you went much. down there on Monday. Pretty much. Can you go down there every Monday before I, we do our show? I'll tell you, you know. Even even though it's a half day, I can't imagine what a full week would be. I we spent the day down there, and um, you know you feel like you've been away two weeks just with that one little experience. So it's uh, it just really is uh, marvelous. Uh, time. Well, then we must can't. mention that when you said you wanted to have me on the show, I said you must first go for a day at the ranch, yes. or I won't show. Come. Thank <laughs> you very much for hosting. Because us. otherwise, you don't know what I'm talking about. It was about. wonderful. And Jennifer Coburn, the author, I brought her to do it. She's going to do an article for another publication, which we'll get that to about her experience, but uh, she gave you a, a, a gift of the book. And then we brought a photographer down there, uh, Vito DiStefano. Thank him. I'll send you those photos. He took some... I look re- forward to them. Yeah, he took some really fantastic pictures, and uh, I'll have to get those all to you. The ranch is very photographic. Absolutely. Very I, I could have used it that day because I was hung up at the Internal Revenue Service all day. <laughs> Our sympathies. <laughs> Thank you. You need a handkerchief? I do. I'm sure. I need two, one for each eye. I, I trust it turned out okay, though, right? Did, did it go We're still way? working on it, okay. Joe. Okay. All right. Pretty close. You, you know the situation. Well, uh, follow your bliss, Richard. Exactly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but boy, you've gotten a lot of awards down there. I've seen. I, I see on the side. In addition to being the top organic spa, I mean, it's one of the it's one of the best spas in tra- travel and leisure. We have been voted over and over and over again. That's amazing. And alternately between the Golden Door, some years the Golden Door gets number one, some years the Ranch gets number one. I've mm-hmm. never quite figured out. <laughs> we, we happen to sort of have a. Hold on that that <laughs> award. You rotate it every year, yeah. kind of like kind of like our press club awards. Uh, exactly, they do the same thing. But uh, but uh, you, uh, we were talking at the break. You said Johnny Carson has been down there, and and yeah. you know a couple of his his uh, former wives. wives too. And and uh, we weren't sure if it was Joanne, Joanna, or jo- Joan, or whatever. I mean, but uh, at least you know two of the four. <laughs> we just know it wasn't Alex. <laughs> but. Um, 
Now, if you can get a guy like Johnny Carson down there, because he was a very private guy, very uh, he did he, he was shy. He was not like Burt Lancaster. Yeah, he was shy. He was very uncomfortable around people. But if, uh, I'm sure it was a, a transformative time for him as well, right? So, uh, what a great thing! And you're still in touch with uh, Mrs. Johnny Carson, one of the, one of. The, I ran into her okay. when I was in Beverly Hills not too long ago. <laughs> Well, you know, you and your own right, Deborah. You have—I mean, you have done so much in the world of philanthropy, community service. You've gotten all these awards. Um, You've got a really cool thing down at Liberty Station here in San yes. Diego. Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd love to say apply for that. The New Americans Museum. <laughs> we're doing so well, mm -hmm. and we're at Liberty Station. It's very easy to find. We're only a block from the from the market that's mm -hmm. crowded with people, mm -hmm. and uh, we are teaching people to understand the values of immigration, mm. the energy the immigrants bring, the mm -hmm. diversity, the foods, the talents, mm -hmm. the art, the music. Uh, the, they have enriched our country. We're not just talking Mexico. It's the many countries. Right, the cultural. And right now we are on Asia, and we have four of the top Chinese families from San Diego next week. And mm. if they call, they can get the date. And um, presenting their treasures, their mm. family treasures, their family heirlooms, what they brought from China when they came decades and decades ago. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's teaching people what the word immigration really means. For me, it means diversity. Yeah. Well, it means, it's uh, a great thing. It's it's the it's universal. I mean, it's universal. It's Joe, we'll send a link of the show to Donald Trump. Let's do that. I mean, <laughs> but nature has diversity, mm -hmm. and people have diversity, and so that the you know you're supposed to eat every kind of vegetable and every kind of fruit for, to have that energy. Well, that same energy comes to the people. You know, someone posted a little video of a rabbit playing with a deer the other day, and it just blew my mind. I said, this is so, you know, unlike anything I've ever seen, but it, it just the metaphor there uh, of those two animals jumping around playing with each other in the yard, you'd never, you'd never see that. That is unusual. Yeah. <laughs> but you see that on, online every so often. You see, uh, you know, yeah, they, two, two different animals. Yeah. Ah, technology. The things that brings us. <laughs> yeah. Which another good thing down there. There's only a few places you can get Wi-Fi. Otherwise, you leave your uh, your electronic equipment uh, in your luggage, hopefully, yes. and get away from all of that, and just focus on yourself and, and uh, feeling better and getting better. And you whatnot. know, and there's 50 different activities every day that you have your choice of, and wonderful therapies. We, yes, and we I have some of the finest masseurs that. And I understand the guy who does area. the Barry Shingle. I understand does a very good job with the bingo. In addition yes. to interview, <laughs> he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> Well, we can talk about that because uh, uh, getting some some humor down there. Maybe Bill Marks can come back and do a night with them about the Marx Brothers or something. Who knows? We can we can discuss. Invite that. him. We'd yeah. love to have him. We'll talk about that. But uh, RanchoLaporta.com. Get on the website, folks. There's all great information there. And not to mention, if you get on YouTube, there's some really great videos. And the one I watched uh, today was. Um, pictures from 1940 how they started in tents from my gosh i mean from the humble origins and uh, the way it just snowballed from there it's an amazing accomplishment deborah i mean you must be awfully proud huh well it's i can't really believe it's true i know it's true but i mean i can't really picture that it's a long time ago 
you know, but and I'm so busy doing things now. And and the craziness. Well, trust thing, me, it's true. I did a lot of research for the yeah, show, and it's all true. Yeah. But the cra- <laughs> but the crazy thing is, but for that, if there was no World War II, it may not have happened. It would not have happened. So, you would have wound up in the UK. So even yeah. out of tragic circumstances, some good things can happen, folks. I mean, there's a good life lesson there, and um, and uh, Deborah's a well, good. Well, of course, it's making lemonade out yeah. of lemons. <laughs> Absolutely. And we have to wrap it right there, Deborah Zake. Thanks so much for being our guest, folks. Get to RanchoLaPuerta.com and get down there and turn your life around. And uh, Richard, great seeing you this week. As and always. Thanks to uh, Justin Hart, our sound engineer, making his sound great, and to Craig Blanke, our con executive here. We at saw KFMB. Craig walking in. It was we good did. to see him. And uh, also to Dave Smith, our program genius here at KFMB. We thank him. And all these podcasts are commercial free on iWebMoney.com. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.